Welcome to Turf Dudes, show number 36. On this podcast, we've had the opportunity to speak with leading researchers across the turf industry. Until this episode, we have not ventured into other areas of agronomics. While Harold's may be known to most as a turf company, you may be interested to learn that specialty agriculture is a rapidly growing component of Harold's. Today, we speak with Dr. Tom Reed, Harold's Specialty Ag Director of Agronomy. Tom has a diverse background in both ag and turf research and brings a tremendous wealth of expertise to our specialty ag team. Along with the rest of the team, Tom is working to optimize fertilizer use and technology in the specialty agriculture field. And for that reason, we're excited to have him on the show. My name is Dr. Jeff Atkinson, and I'm joined on this episode by Dr. Paul Giordano. Paul and I serve as directors of agronomy for Harold's. We hope that today's episode will provide perspective into the specialty ag market and how fertilizer technology is changing the way we grow crops. Enjoy the show. Tom, appreciate you taking the time to do this. Appreciate you joining us. We're lucky that we do have a lot of expertise in turf, but we also have expertise in some other areas. And our customers don't necessarily hear about the work that you do in the specialty ag sector with Polyon. But we often get a lot of questions about what are you guys doing in specialty ag? What does the research look like in specialty ag? And I think mostly because our turf managers are just interested in ag. Ultimately, you know, they're farmers on a maybe a little bit finer turf scale, but they are interested in what's going on in the farm community, how the technologies they use in turf are also being used in specialty ag. So I guess with that, Tom, um, kind of introduce yourself. Tell us your background and a little bit about your journey to Harold's. Well, first off, thanks for having me. It's great to be able to speak a little bit about uh, specialty ag uh, for Harold's. I'm originally not from Florida, um, originally from Wisconsin. Did most of my early career in research in row crops like corn. Um, I attended the University of Wisconsin and eventually made my way south for graduate school and dove a little bit into your world of turf grass with weed management in turf grass at the University of Georgia for my master's degree. Um, continued further south to the University of Florida, where I got more involved in specialty crops, again, in mainly weed management. Um, and then went back into uh, the real world, did some more row crop work, particularly in the Midwest. And then um, now with Harold's, the variety has really given me help with the array of crops we deal with in specialty egg for Harold's. So along those lines, what does, can you define specialty ag for us? What crops are included in specialty ag? Well, specialty ag ranges from corn, soybean, all the way to small fruits and vegetables, to citrus, to sugar cane. So we accomplish a lot of that's not turf grass or uh, nursery ornamentals. I guess what's the typical programs for, for ag? I mean, there's a lot of just commodity type fertilizers yes so we uh in most of our crops it's going against a conventional program whether that's liquid or granular um and most of our work is done with polyon and custom granular blends for hails itself i'm paul here yep so you know in, in the golf market obviously polyon has has been around for quite some time and it's it's you know the flagship product from harold's at this point and we we talk a lot about the value add especially in in the time that we're living right now with labor shortages and things of that nature so there's a lot of things that we talk about uh, with polyon use on turf grass i guess give us a bit, a bit of an idea of how polyon's used 
uh, in the specialty ag sector and, and what you guys are seeing in terms of how that can add some value to our, our customers in that market? So that is one of the most uh, appealing things for Polyon is being able to put out a single or, or fewer applications needing less labor for a lot of our specialty agriculture crops or row crops, particularly in Florida, where a lot of it is done on very sandy soils that need multiple liquid applications or um, supplemental applications throughout the season. So Polyon provides that you can put together a custom blend that will last for a longer period of time. I know initially, you know, my limited familiarity with your work, it seems as though our first crop we really introduced Polyon to was, was sugarcane. In sugarcane crops, is there typically a single application per year of a conventional program, or how many applications over a cross of a year will a grower typically make in a sugarcane crop? Or if sugarcane is not a good example, what's what's one that is a is a good example of a multiple application program? So sugarcane has multiple applications throughout the season. It's a very long-term crop that can last for uh, months to over a year, depending on when it's planted or the stubble versus when it's actually harvested. So with the Polyon programs for sugarcane, we try to either replace a few of those applications, particularly in the, the summer months or later on in the season when it's doing its grand growth period. Um, when it's rainier, harder to to get the applications or they have to be done by airplane. So you can kind of uh, take that uh, application process out for them. Or we do have programs that can supplement throughout the entire year. Um, so there's a variety of ways we can fit into a grower's program in sugarcane. And most of our crops, including citrus, where they have multiple applications throughout the year or um, if it's a liquid program, that might be 20 applications throughout the year, um, wow. just for an example, or um, if it's a liquid and with granular applications, there might be a few and we can cut that down maybe to two or three with a controlled release fertilizer like Polyon. I mean, 20 then, applications. How are those applications made from a liquid perspective? Uh, to the microjet system. Uh, so it's almost like a soil applied or yeah. a micro emitter. Yeah, micro emitter or yeah, and they can they can do that in combination with foliar applications and granular. I mean that's not too dissimilar from what we see in turf Paul with guys making twenty applications, fifteen applications of foliar applied fertility in a turf setting. Yeah, and uh, we've had in our research with different plastic culture production crops that have we can uh, get similar yield results or greater with similar nutrient application rates and but reduce the applications by eight or nine with something like watermelon throughout the season wow Jeez. that's fantastic well so tom you, you touched on the research aspect and obviously as a director of agronomy with harold's you're responsible for for setting up research trials to address some of the, the major needs of the industry and I'm fascinated by the the breadth of the different crops that are are involved in specialty ag, and I guess give us a some insight in terms of how you establish your research objectives uh, from crop to crop, uh, from priority to priority, and maybe touch on you know what are some of the more interesting things you've you've done uh, in the more recent past or, or seen with with Polyon or really any of the Harold's products. Yeah, so. It is really crop and maybe even sometimes grower specific of what we're looking at doing. Are we looking at boosting yield um, with Polyon 
being more efficient at that rate application rate. A lot of what we're looking at now in research in particular areas is reducing nutrients being applied. So we're seeing with polyon how much more efficient it can be with those nutrients over time and, and it's not being utilized by the crop in that season. And that's become a very big focus for our research in row crops and in specialty agriculture as they're looking as growers and some under regulation pressure to do so uh, are looking at the best ways to still provide a, a great quality crop with high yield, but reducing how many nutrients are being applied. Sure. So, I mean, when you when you're setting these trials up, you obviously have cooperators from all different agricultural sectors that you uh, you're working with at, at the university level. And like you said, even at the individual grower level. So I imagine your plate's pretty full. Yeah, um, we it's definitely interesting and it never gets boring because there's always something new and there's a lot I've had to learn and still obviously learning quite a bit about uh, a lot of crops I haven't dealt with a lot in the past and understanding the, their growing seasons and when best to apply things or how best polyon blends can fit into their programs and how we can optimize those blends for the customer. When you make these applications, depending on the crop, and I'm sure it's different from crop to crop. I mean, how are these things being, how's polyon being applied? Is it a broadcast application, side dress application? What's the typical application technique? Yeah, a lot of our research and trial work has been focused on different application placement and methods. Um, polyon is used in a variety of ways. We have broadcasts, we have wide row bands, um, side dress. To maximize efficiency a lot, we can do a very narrow row band that... I guess from, from I'm sure there's folks that may listen to this and say, what the heck's a wide row band, narrow row band, and, and a side dress? What, what can you yeah. that for so, me? Yeah, so uh, instead of, uh, we typically apply polyon because it is a controlled release fertilizer at the beginning of the year. We can either broadcast it over the top and incorporate it in or bed it over over the wide area or we can concentrate that either in a you know a few foot uh few feet row band that then can be bedded up into a bed for plastic culture production or just to concentrate that fertilizer for the crop and then we can even make that smaller so it's a specific row very narrow row band within the bed or next to where the crop will be planted um, to maximize the efficiency of the fertilizer I think I remember some stuff or seeing some data at one point where you had had soil sensors of some sort detecting the, um, I guess, maybe EC levels in the soil or salinity levels in the soil as kind of a proxy for nutrient status. Is that still some work that's ongoing? Yes, we do that in most of our coordinated uh, university research trials and uh, with growers just to see, oh, the fertilizers moving through the soil. Most of our Primarily, our, our business is concentrated in Florida on sandy soils. So really looking at seeing the nutrients not move or leach through, uh, through the soil. Um, so we're continuing a lot of work just seeing that and seeing the benefits of it compared to a conventional program when there's a lot of rainfall or a lot of irrigation that the fertilizer is not being leached through the soil with polyon. Really, so that's in comparison to like a raw urea application. Yes, or, or any conventional program. Tom, just a question. 
Um, you know, one of the cool things that we have in, in the turf environment with Polyon is the polygraph uh, feature where we can really look at the predicted release. And it's, it's been ground truth and proven to be uh, highly accurate and, and predictable in terms of the amount of <clears throat> overall nutritional release over time. I would assume the same holds true for the various crops that you're working on with, with Polyon. And uh, are you guys using that polygraph technology as well? Yes, we use polygraph as a starting point to optimize uh, blends for a grower and research trials um, that then we can, after experience, further optimize. But both the, the, the polygraph and custograph we utilize in specialty agriculture. I don't know if you use much in, in turf on the custograph side, but that helps us predict and has been a great tool for our sales representatives with, with their customers. We do have to make some adjustments to that, which polygraph allows for, for things like um, plastic culture production, where instead of broadcasting over the top, we might be putting it underneath the black plastic bed in the middle of summer in Florida. So the temperature is going to be much warmer than you would see from a broadcast sure. application sure. on a golf course. I guess that's the, the beauty of that that tool is that it is customizable and, and you know can fit the various needs of of the end user or the crop, you know, specificity. There's a lot of nuances to that, but they can be adjusted accordingly. That's uh, that's good to hear. It's, it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, we always get the feedback about, I guess, an apprehension about applying polyon is, you know, in heat, it may, quote, release too quickly. But in your scenario, what you're suggesting, Tom, is that you're making an application in Florida underneath black plastic, which has to have, I mean, what's an estimate of how many degrees that increases the soil temperature versus just open soil it usually increases and i mean it depends on the time of year but uh, a few degrees at least three to five um and from our soil sensors possibly even more depending on what's going on in that particular weather and environment and have you ever observed i'm sure you observe an increase in release rate we know that as temperature increases release rate increases but has there ever been a scenario where you've had a quote catastrophic release with that increase in temperature no we do not see a catastrophic release and that's why with the heavier coated polyon products being able to last months um, in that environment and still provide enough fertility for the crop to be grown very interesting you know something else kind of changed gears a little bit the um you know something I've, i've been aware of for a while and i know it's a problem out there without Many solutions is the effects of citrus greening on the citrus crops in Florida and other parts of the United States. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about just kind of introducing citrus greening for folks that may not have an idea what it is, impacts that it is having on the citrus crops and, you know, how polyon may be involved in maybe not fixing citrus greening or curing citrus greening, but at least uh, reducing some of the negative effects. Yeah, so citrus greening is a term for a disease that citrus trees are have been experiencing for the last decade or so in Florida um, that has really been detrimental to the citrus crop of Florida. And one way that the researchers uh, at University of Florida, IFAS, and uh, have realized that through nutrition, we can mitigate that disease that is affecting most of the citrus in the state. And the recommendation there is to provide constant fertilization of 
small amounts to the to the trees. Um, and polyon with the controlled release fertilizer is one way that growers are able to do that. So, Tom, is that is that control or mitigation of of the greening effect? Is that is that completely reliant on a nitrogen component, or is there phosphorus or potassium or micronutrient components that, that seem to be involved as well? It is a wide range. I think you know the macronutrients are very important in the efficiency that providing or spoon feeding of that tree over time works great to help mitigate that the effects of of the disease. But there's also the micronutrients we're seeing in the, the research from the University of Professors has showed in different areas that might be different micronutrients or secondary nutrients. So it's kind of specific to a certain area, but increasing those levels and being more efficient with the nutrients overall is shown to be very effective in raising fruit quality and yield. And now is this something that you see year on year? I mean, given it's a, you know, a perennial crop, I mean, is it, is it an effect that takes place relatively quickly over the course of, let's say a couple months, or is this something that needs to be continued over the course of several years to, to kind of prime that tree for a level of tolerance or resistance to, to citrus greening? With, with nutrition, with a perennial crop, yes, it does take time. Um, you might not see effects for in the first year with the altering your nutrition program to help benefit. You may see it sooner, but it does take time with a perennial crop where it just takes time for the tree to, to get back on track as far as mm-hmm. producing. So I guess if we we move into, you know, some of the, the major accomplishments that you've seen in your time with Harold's and working with Polyon, I mean, you know, what are, I guess, and you can talk about the individual crops or individual trials that you've done, you know, what are some of the, the major yield improvements that have been seen uh, by incorporating a Polyon program versus, you know, standard practices, I guess, of the industry? Yeah, we've seen quite a bit of success uh, with, you know, small plot research trials and block trials on growers fields, you know, reducing a lot of our success has been reducing, uh, nitrogen and potash applications mm-hmm. to, you know, provide just as great or greater yields and quality just with the fertilizer being more efficient. That's something that, you know, I think, I don't want to say goes unnoticed, but it's one of those, uh, aspects of polyon that we see in, in turf as well, where, you know, you're getting the same or better effects from far less inputs. So there's an environmental aspect to the polyon usage that I'm sure Jeff can touch on here a little bit better than I can with his experience. But, um, and I think we could lead into some of those discussions on what's going on, not only in the turf realm, but also in the specialty ag realm uh, in terms of overall environmental, uh, mitigating some of the environmental impacts of uh, nutritional inputs in our systems. Yeah, I mean, this is a project that Tom's been working on for a while. The um, EPA, USDA Enhanced Efficiency Fertilizer Challenge gives an overview of kind of what that is. And uh, it's a long title for something pretty neat that you're, that you're working on. What's the ultimate outcome of this challenge or evaluation or however you want to call it uh, being executed by the EPA and USDA? Yes. So we are part as Harold's Polyon in the challenge for products that are currently on or near market. And the challenge is designed to put products on the market that are more 
efficient fertilizers than what's currently out there to help reduce nutrient application and therefore less impact on the environment. The submission that Polyon has is for nitrogen and previous work and research done on nitrogen leaching, nitrous oxide emissions, and ammonium volatilization allowed us to take the next step as, as well as providing sufficient crop yield or something that you can still produce a productive crop with that product has gotten us on a stage two, which are greenhouse trials with the International Fertilizer Development Center um, that are currently ongoing. So, Tom, with, with all those aspects that were considered, I mean, how many submissions, do we know how many submissions were uh, put forth? And, and I guess how Polyon was able to, <laughs> how many competitors did Polyon beat out in that first round of, of submissions? I'm not sure on the initial amount of submissions, but I believe there are 12 or 16 going on to the next stage. And so when, when would this be suspected to, or expected, I guess, to be um, <laughs> finalized? Is this a process that takes several years, or should we know something in terms of where Polyon shakes out over the next few months? I'm not sure on the timeline. You know, with uh, EPA, USDA, uh, federal government groups, the timeline changes and, and it's taking a little bit longer. Um, there is going to be a submission, I think, showcase either in this winter or early spring um, for those that have advanced on to stage two of the challenge. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's a interesting when we put our submission together or when you put our submission together tom that a lot of these citations that we were able to use are is work that's been completed by independent researchers that you know, harold's didn't fund the research harold's didn't uh design the research it was just polyon had been incorporated uh by university researchers across the country and you mentioned the exxon nitrous oxide specifically and you look at on the epa's Guidance suggests that nitrous oxide is greater than 300 times more um, potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So we start to think about carbon emissions and b begin to believe about or talk about, you know, greenhouse gas effects. Our ability to reduce nitrous oxide emissions through a technology such as Polyon is, is huge in the conversation of uh, reducing effects on climate just with fertilizer use. So I got a question, Tom. You've you've yeah. spent some time in turf. You've spent some time, you know, obviously with a lot of different crops and specialty ag. What what is your favorite crop to work with? I don't know if I have a favorite. I do enjoy uh, working with the specialty crops in our particular areas: strawberry, um, watermelons, and vegetables. Although I enjoy the variety that the position helps. Um, working with row crops as well. It's all different. Um, and, you know, what nutrient needs or requirements for each crop and when they want them. So it's, it's, it's always keeps it interesting and, and you're always learning. For sure. Well, given that a majority of our listeners are turf guys um, or gals, you know, I think uh, it goes without saying the, the best industry to work with is the turf industry, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. giving you a layup here, Tom, just to, to, uh, pander. To yeah. I mean, I enjoy, bit. I enjoy it. It's, um, it's a, it's a different way of looking at things, um, compared to a lot of yield focus. Sure. 
quality of that yield um, versus, you know, the aesthetic aspect of, of turf, which enjoyed and, you know, some of the not having to deal with so many application methods um, is always good too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that time you spent working in turf gave you a very different perspective, which I, I can only imagine uh, helped you along um, in, in seeing things a little bit differently for, for a specialty ag market. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, working in turf has helped me a great deal of, you know, understanding uh, Harold's and the the whole business aspect of, of the position and how we can work together on, on what research findings we have and how we can benefit each other. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, you came from Badger country up in Wisconsin. You've been now down south for quite a while. And where are you from originally, Tom? I'm originally from just outside of Green Bay. Okay. So right on. So I mean, a northern transplant down south, working on a whole slew of different crops. That's uh, <clears throat> you've really diversified yourself. I, I commend you for that. Thank you. Um, you know, it's not always easy, but um, have a great team at Harold's and all, all the sales representatives and anyone to come in contact with has has helped me a lot with all if it's a new crop or, or a new area where I haven't uh, had any experience before. Tom, we appreciate your time. We appreciate having you on the team. I know the lessons that we learned from your work in Polyon and Ag are very applicable to what we do and how we use Polyon and turf. So while it may not be creeping bent grass or or hybrid Bermuda grass uh, was st- still certainly a lot of interest from your side of of the research realm and how we manage turf. So I uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's great to share a little bit about uh, the specialty egg world of Harold's and speak on, you know, the benefits of Polyon and how, how much of a difference it can make. Thanks, Tom. Keep up the great work, buddy. That wraps up our interview with Dr. Tom Reed. A sincere thank you to Dr. Reed for his time. This show would not be possible without the willingness and cooperation of folks across the country willing to share their stories with us. Turf Dudes exist to communicate important research findings and turf management trends to turfgrass managers as part of Harold's effort to grow a better world. If you enjoy the show, we want your feedback. If you have a topic you'd like for us to address or a person you'd like to hear from, please send it to us at turfdudes@harolds.com. That's T-U-R-P-H-D-U-D-E-S at heralds.com. While you're at it, please subscribe to our show on iTunes, YouTube Music, or SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.